Blog Talk Radio. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another broadcast of The Unexplained World, a world for some of us, no explanation is needed. And for others, that is why we are here. With your hosts, Edward Chanahan, a psychic medium, paranormal explorer, and author, along with Annette, who is a pagan truth seeker. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy. So enjoy. Welcome to the September 8th broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan. It's me and Annette. Hello, Annette. Hello, Ed. Happy Maybon. Happy Maybon. How are you doing? Uh, I'm hanging right in there. How about yourself tonight? Uh, it's been a busy weekend for some reason. But, uh, oh. yeah, it's been kind of... Uh, busy, 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 kind of on the business side, too. So uh, stuff that I can't get into online right now, but possibly a later date. Uh, okay. I will share online. But uh, what they say is uh, well, things come around full circle. So leave it at that for now. Okay. Okay. But uh, <laughs> just teasing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now you're even curious. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, but I'll get it out of you when we're alone. <laughs> <laughs> the magic potions. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tonight our guest is going to be Mr. David Company. Returns with a new song dedicated to the Native Americans, and we'll get to him in a little bit. There's a little bit we want to talk about first. Did I have to? get out of the way, and I got to ask Annette something, but let me first okay. get uh, up, let me get some dates and things out of the way that the listeners may be very much interested in. Um, if the listeners remember, uh, about three months ago, four months already, we had John on, and John was the individual Ooh. that hosts the haunted house in yeah. Crestwood. Illinois, and right. we even were able Ooh, to be on their, on their uh, YouTube channel. That's right. <laughs> show. A rare opportunity to see us live or something, right? To see us in motion. And even to see us together, which is in itself amazing. Yeah, I, I uh, know. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so um, what is John up to? Tell, oh, to remind me again. That, that, that was fun, place. though. I, that was fun. I loved the uh, the, oh, the actors, the characters, they weren't in character, but they were still uh, very, very interesting. It was fun. I really, really, really enjoyed that. That was cool. And I felt like I was in a carnival tent, which was kind of neat. Also. I did, too. Yeah. That's yeah, the Dead yeah. Rising Haunted House. Dead Rising. Dead Rising Haunt, uh, Haunted House um, at 136th 
24 South Cicero in Crestwood, okay. Illinois. But this coming Saturday, this coming Saturday oh. will be their last haunt, adult haunted house. Okay. Uh, where you will get bloody, those who attend, and it's fun. You will. I've seen people so, come out and want to go right back yeah. in. Uh, when oh, I was there. that's great. Yeah, so that's how cool it is. <laughs> It'll be their last uh, haunted, adult haunted house before it become the scary Halloween haunted house. So, right, um, they got to switch over for the season. Yeah. Yeah, which is for the general public more or less. So yeah, and no blood. Yeah, but uh, right. also has a great or turnout. Less blood, a little less yeah. blood maybe, because there's still going to be a little blood. Oh, but it's not going to be thrown on the people. Let's put it that way. Where, okay, good. That's a, where the, the one coming up will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dead Rising, their website is deadrisinghauntedhouse.com. That's deadrisinghauntedhouse.com. And it's from uh, 8 p.m. to 11 this coming Saturday. And you can get tickets online. Let's go to the website I mentioned, deadrisinghauntedhouse.com. And you must be 18 years old and with mm-hmm. ID to prove it. Because as Annette could tell you, there's a couple of props there that um, <laughs> you definitely yeah, have to be an adult or, know, or or an adult knowing what's going on, too. Let's put it that way, uh, by looking at the prop. <laughs> so <laughs> um, yeah. we'll leave it at that. How's that? So, it's a good idea. Don't want to yeah. give away too much. Otherwise, we'll ruin no. the prize. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I was surprised even though I've seen it three times already. Um, <laughs> it's great, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Then, the following mm. Saturday, September 21st, 2019, the Unknown World of the Annual Paranormal Convention. This is being presented mm-hmm. by the Bridgeview Park District, located at 8100 South Deloitte, um, in Bridgeview, of course. And... Right. Uh, it will ha- it will house many haunted vendors, artisans selling their relics and unusual pieces. Count Gregula will be Ooh. the master of ceremonies, and he will also be mingling with the crowd. Special guests Ooh. from three to five get there early because okay. he will be signing autographs and taking photos with people. Is TV's Ooh, Van Gulli? Yes, Van Gulli will be. There. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I think he's so, son of Svengulli, isn't he? Uh it's just going by Svengulli now. If you're the son of Svengulli, oh, he is. The old man's I dead. Guess the first one's been gone a while. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Junior eventually becomes senior, doesn't he? In life. Oh yeah. In real well, life. right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Marie Laveau said she was queen of you know queen of the voodoo in New Orleans for. Centuries, well, because another one took over and another one took over, and the bloodline took us out. You know, it's yeah. fine. It's good. We love Spangoo. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, Spangoo. He'll be there, and uh, and there will be uh, paranormal investigators will share their experience and expertise with the audience. And let's. There will be workshops. There will be psychics mm-hmm. doing readings. Um, professional haunt actors will be there. John's, some of John's people. There'll be workshops. Oh, John be, yeah, they'll be running a workshop on how to with the makeup and that. Uh, prop oh, building. Perfect for that. Making blood. Um, 
Probably fog Tom juice. Readings. That's one of their specialties. Pardon me? Fog juice, that's one of John's specialties. Oh, that that was a cool. That I love the way there's the stripes. Um guest yeah. speakers in the main hall will be uh Dale Kazmarek. he's been on our show. A gentleman named Charles Williams. And he's uh he'll will speak and present a video on the day the circus didn't come to town. Um oh. about that circus at where they the train whatever accident happened on the way here to Chicago. Oh yeah. And uh Ooh, I wanna hear that story. Okay. Allison Jornell. Um she's equivalent to the like a heavy of a heavy metal rock star in the paranormal world. And she's oh, been really? investigating hauntings and other strange phenomena for more than twenty years. Um Nice. Also, we'll share her right insights now. on uh, Mothman flies and the Mothman. Basically. Oh, Mothman again. Okay. Yep. yep. Neil Gibbons, founder of Graveside Paranormal. Um, he'll be there doing a workshop and uh, explaining how a prop works. Rosa Bielski will be there talking about ghost lores during her workshop and uh, haunts of the. White City Ghost Stories of the World Fair, the Great Fire in Victoria and Chicago. I would be doing a workshop on spirit communication. We're not gonna it's not gonna teach how to do it, we're actually gonna do it with one of the devices that I use for it. After after the convention, there will be because there is uh well the other workshops will be the special uh makeup Tom reading instructions by Bob, uh, proper instructions for EVP, and other paranormal equipment by Neil Gibson, and a spirit communication session I talked about. Also, after this event, there will be a paranormal investigation for a new. It'll be ex- told at night, the first time to the general public as a whole. I will be doing my thing out there with. Uh, trying to help individuals to feel or sense and take pictures at special areas. Uh, it's called the field of spirits. And then after that, this is very rare that I do it for the general public as a whole, for all attendees, we will be holding my circle of energy seance. The oh, last two, yeah, the last two times. The first time I did it was paranormal kicks cancer. And that was, the ultimate probably seance that I perform. We hear grown men crying and everything else, women channeling and stuff like that. The next one wow. was uh, at a haunted house up near Zion. I did it after the haunt. We had a group of people in a large room. People left during it because of the experiences they were having. So this one will be whoever shows will be able to participate one way or another. In this. Wow, so, that's uh, rare. Yeah. And they're also going to have the Hardcore Hearse Club, Hearse Club. They will provide a unique car show experience, perhaps even a spiritual one for you. Hearse on site for your viewing pleasure, and they're going to have oddities and stuff also. Um, Oh, I love it. So that's that. And they're also going to be a Resurrection Mary look-alike contest, so make sure you throw plenty, plenty of dirt on your face. Uh, that's what I would suggest. Um, Rip up your old nightgown. Yeah, good. 
yeah, yeah. Um, and if you can float, you're sure sure winner on that one. So um, I've got a couple things lo- coming up this fall. Okay, Charity. now one more thing. One more. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. Go ahead. Okay. September 28th, I will be doing readings again this year for Spirit Fest on September 28th. It's uh, Church of the Spirit uh, from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. Readings are $2 per minute at 10 or 15 minutes. Eight readers booked. Get there early as I have always booked early and for the whole day and for the whole day. Uh, Church of the Spirit at 2651 North Central Park Avenue. That Central Park is 3600 West. The church is one block south of Diversity in Chicago, Illinois. The phone number is 773-489-5422. And Annette, what do you have coming? Okay, so I'm also on September 28th. For people out here in Indiana, um, at 800 Canoni Boulevard in Porter, Indiana, we'll set out for a 16-mile bike ride and learn about the preservation of the dunes as it now is a national park. Do you know my house is in a national park now? Isn't that cool? Oh, do you got any, uh, any kickbacks or tax government, uh, you know? Um, uh, no, I just get the enjoyment of nature surrounding me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's good Dig enough. Dig deeper, girl. Dig deeper. <laughs> there's got to be there's but, gotta be a tax, yeah, a tax thing into that one, but dig deeper. Okay, go ahead. We'll start at 9, and by the time mm-hmm. the ride is done, we'll have eaten lunch, met a live owl, looked at wetland migratory birds, talked to a park ranger, and gone about 16 miles. We'll be back at 2.30. So, and that's wow. for the Isaac Walton Porter County Chapter. You can look for Porter County Chapter on Facebook for the events. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're doing that for youth conservation education. There's a couple bucks for that. $10 donation suggested. And then on October cool. 12th, it's breakfast with the Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? Oh, cool. Ghostbusters. <laughs> say, Ghostbusters. Thank you. So yeah. uh, Mark Hagen, our friend, will be uh, coming out. And that is for Isaac Walton Porter County Chapter raising money for bat research. We're very excited. We put up some bat monitoring equipment and habitat. And just in the first year, we got some bat calls that are species that are endangered may be threatened. So we're hmm. very excited to extend that project for next year and uh, try to get some more recordings. So, you know, more things in Northwest Indiana can, the properties can be held special because it's migratory area for bats. And bats and are kind of October, sometimes. October 12th. It's October 12th, right? Right, at 800 Canoni, Porter, Indiana. Um, and, and it's in the gymnasium. We'll and start at information they can 8 a.m. and go to a they can find that also on Isaac Walton, Porter County Chapter. Put in okay. at Facebook at PCCIWLA. And there's a website too, I'm sure. There is a website, nwiconservation.org. Okay. Yeah. Not everybody has Facebook. So, okay, that's fine. I got a lot of plates yeah. spinning. It's all over the place. <laughs> cool. 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 That's good. All right. Um, Real fast, we got the harvest moon coming up. Explain to individuals. Oh, we do. So a harvest moon is usually big and orange and gorgeous. And just because how close we are um, in Earth's relative position to the sun um, and how close the moon comes at that time, the harvest moon is the full moon just before the autumnal equinox, the fall equinox. 
Uh, so this year, the Harvest Moon, we're going to be able to be seeing it from, get this, Friday the 13th through mm. Monday the 16th. And that's my birthday, okay. the 16th. So, rah. Um, oh, cool. I'll have a full moon on my birthday. I love that. And then Ooh. falls uh, the autumnal equinox. It comes a little late this year, September 23rd. We usually see that on the 22nd or 21st here in North America. Um, mm-hmm. That's just a calendar thing. But this is when day and night are balanced equally. So we have just as much daylight as we do um, night. So like just like back in March when we had Ostara around March 20th, and that's the vernal equinox, same thing. The days and nights were balanced. So now it's going to be time. Get ready, Ed, for watching this. It's going to start to get darker and darker and darker and darker. The nights become already. longer now. I know. Well, you notice it. So you can see oh. the wheel of the year spinning right in front of your eyes. Yeah. Um, animals are migrating. This is the second harvest. And the second harvest is usually things that come in from a field or a garden, the orchard. So apples are a big deal. Um, the crone comes to finish the year off. She's carrying her sickle now. We're, mm-hmm. we're all about being thankful because all the bounty has been gathered. Now it's our turn to store, our chance to store it away to get through the winter with all this nice bounty that's come come along. This is also the time when Hades took stole Persephone and took her to the underworld. So oh, he held on to her all through the fall and winter, and then <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Demeter said, oh, send her back. Let me have her for the good parts of the year. And when she was happy, then we could have spring and summer. So it's all about balance, half and half right here, people. Were there any little ones after that? Wait, wait, say it again. What? Well, oh, were there any, was little, there any ones? little ones after he left her go? <laughs> you know, I, uh, that is a dang good question. I'm sure there are. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you know, the, you, you stumped me. I'm going to have to look okay. that up for next time. Well, you said yeah, he took her, he held her, and then uh, he finally left her go. So yeah, but there could have been something because everything was there, born and blossoming back upstairs in the spring. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> she said that was when full bloom comes, when spring is, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. I'm going to figure that out. Uh, yeah, all right, okay. I'm, I'm, all right. I'm a little... Uh, <laughs> Embarrassed, but I don't have the answer to that. Embarrassed? I might be the one to be embarrassed coming up with a stupid question. (laughs) No, it's not stupid at all. It's cool. Well, you know, all those gods and goddesses and all those all mythologies, they all have so-and-so had so-and-so, and and that guy was a half-breed, and oh, and then he went over with Poseidon, and the next thing you knew, you know, Hecate had something to do with it. It just goes on and on and on. It's just wonderful. And I'm sure she was attractive, or else why would he be interested, you know, so... Oh, sure. She was young and gorgeous. Well, of course. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, anything <laughs> else on your end? That's what I've got tonight. Thank you. Okay. What do you think about bringing Mr. David Kump on right now? I think it's a great idea. We haven't talked to him since, what, our first show at our return? Yeah. Was that our and first? We, yeah. We've had an open door for him. And uh, let's see what he has yeah. to say. Hello, David. Hello, Ed. Hello, Annette. Our- Hi, Dave. It's great to hear your voice. You know, I, first of all, I love being on with you, too. Are you kidding? <laughs> we well, are sorry fun, for the we? little delay in getting you on, but I had to get some things uh, thrown out there. You know, so. And I love listening to you, too, so there. Okay. Good. Okay. 
How you doing, Mr. David? Well, uh, terrific. Uh, quite busy uh, with this project, this little music project of mine. We kind of touched on it uh, when I was on with you two for your uh, rebirth show. Uh, I think we we alluded to the uh, research I was doing with the Native American way of life and how I kind of focused in on the ghost dance song to write and kind of what it influenced me to do that. And what's interesting, uh, I'm kind of excited if I released it about a week and a half ago now. Mm-hmm. And what's exciting for me, the ghost dance movement and the vision that Wavoka had to bring it about, the Native Americans were in a desperate way around the year 1890. And it sounds crazy, but this country, the way it was expanding back then, there were two different worlds. From New York to the Mississippi River, the country was growing by leaps and bounds. There was so much construction and building. There were millionaires' mansions built in New York City. But west of the Mississippi River, oh, my gosh, the Native Americans were still living their life of living off the buffalo and clinging to their old ways and kind of clinging to the government's word of treaties that they would not encroach out west past the Mississippi River. Well, come February of 1890, that all changed because the government reneges on a major treaty and starts pushing Native Americans even further west to expand uh, due to the population and just the the country. Obviously, it's going to grow all the way to California. Now, what's interesting to me at this time, right now we've got, it seems, not just our government, but other places in the world where ecological protections are being reversed. Animal protections are being reversed. And it's due to this mindset of expansion or economics or growth or whatever you want to call it. But it's really no different than the desperate situation Native Americans felt they were in back in 1890. So Amen. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, the sad no, thing I just is, said amen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the sad thing is, you see them burning up the Amazon. South America is being burnt just as bad. Um, and I have to agree, but what I'm seeing, I don't, you know. Go on, David. Well, and and I'm glad you mentioned that about the Amazon because as I'm keying in on all these stories from around the world, it's not just the United States that seems to be relaxing these environmental 
restrictions. Uh, I understand what they were trying to accomplish, Native Americans, and the vision what Volca had was to bring about a change in just people's minds and hearts and the attitude of maybe we just stop and not be so greedy, not be so wasteful, not be so destructive, and we start taking care of the earth. To the Native Americans way back then, they saw the earth as dying. Don't forget the the government also to rid themselves finally in their minds of the problem with Native Americans, they were going to absolutely take their life from them, their way of life from them. And and that meant the buffalo. So the the, the United States government decides, well look, if if, if we, we can't just send the cavalry and kill them all all the time, maybe we do this. Let's get rid of all the buffalo. You know they organized something. First of all, they hired sharpshooters to go west and kill as many buffalo, bring the hides back, and they were paying so much per hide. And when that seemed to be going a little too slow, they enticed all these people from the East Coast to take these wild west vacations where they put them on trains, and, and these trains sped through the west, in in Mm -hmm. Buffalo territory and people were shooting out the windows of these trains killing Buffalo and and it's estimated two to three million Buffalo were killed in about a four or five year period when this campaign to end their way of life uh, and make them kind of succumb to their wishes of getting them all on reservation. So imagine the desperation, uh, and Wavoke has this vision that he has a clear path to change, stop the colonists from moving west, restore the land, restore the buffalo to the land. And that was through the ghost dance, which was to raise the spirits of all the Native Americans who were killed uh, by this conquering new nation, and those spirits would help the living Native Americans restore the land and and stop this expansion so they could at least hang on to the West in their way of life. And so uh, it, this was extremely attractive to uh, not just the Paiute tribe where Revolka was from, in Nevada, but it spread throughout the West, and it, it was that fateful night uh, that started at Wounded Knee, where a group of approximately 300 Native Americans were there to perform the ghost dance over a five-day period, and you know, the government's uh, pretty nervous. I think it was Harrison was the president in Washington. So they send the 7th Cavalry thinking they can't let this movement build up any more steam. So the army surrounds Wounded Knee where this is going on. 
and the Native Americans involved in the ghost dance, they're trying to keep this going for days at a time. That was part of the prophecy. But they're they're realizing they're outnumbered in armies here. And I wouldn't I wouldn't use the word retreat, but they decided uh, maybe it's time to go home, regroup, whatever. And as they were their exodus out, the army kept staying with them, following them, and it happened that they were kind of entrapped in this canyon. Mm-hmm. And some they, they, some believe it might have been an accidental whoever fired the first shot. Uh, but the army kind of, the 7th Cavalry kind of let loose with all this pent-up energy that they had and paranoia and sense of what they thought their mission was. And they basically massacred and killed all of them. Uh, oh, of the 300, so it, it was quite uh, well documented that half of those 300 were women and children and very mm-hmm. young children. And this is where the story gets extremely disturbing from the standpoint. After most of this massacre occurred, many of the women and children were, were fleeing and Basically, they, they were tracked down and killed uh, within two oh. days of this this whole terrible thing. Now, the 7th Cavalry at the time was made up of, uh, because of Custer's last stand and most of uh, his army getting wiped out, the, who made up the 7th Cavalry now were all these young recruits who really didn't have any experience dealing with these Native Americans and, and these uprisings and even battling with them. So they were a, probably a little too trigger-happy. Uh, but the real rub was the 7th Cavalry goes back to Washington, D.C., to the equivalent, I guess, would have been a ticker tape parade. And medals mm. were given out to these soldiers as if they did such a heroic deed to finally perhaps, and the Native American resistance. Now, a a real strange thing happened. The general populace out east at the time actually found that to be pretty distasteful, the giving out of medals. Uh, They kind of realized the massacre occurred, and they didn't feel Native Americans deserved that. They also understood that earlier uh, the government officially reneged on a treaty agreement they had with the Native Americans that kind of set this whole thing in motion. So by the end of the year, this wounded knee episode, it was actually December 29th, 1890. Uh, so th- that was interesting, but it I couldn't help but think of fast-forward to growing up in the 60s in Vietnam. How about the My Lai incident? And you imagine that Trump, these young soldiers are put in that position and perhaps Mm -hmm. they end up doing this massacre in this village and now they got to live with that for the rest of their lives. 
so this repeating of history or this culture of us occupying people or or conquering these people or cultures, killing people through wars in the army. Mm -hmm. Boy, it, it seems like nothing's changed or I guess if that was our blueprint for founding this country in the first place, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised. But now, as I'm seeing the relaxing of these restrictions on uh, environmental issues, and and, and we, we did make some gains. I believe we have cleaned up water since the 1970s yeah. with these restrictions, cleaned our air we breathe, and and we know how vital that air we breathe issue is with the burning of forests in other parts of the world. Uh, so this issue, to relax these standards again, with whatever side of the argument you fall on with climate change, uh, oh. we cannot afford to be anything but preservers of the earth at this point. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm not here to argue with anybody about what the cause was, but I can tell you part of the solution can only be everybody respecting the land. And if we could only live a little bit more like the native Americans lived and treated this land, treated the animal world, then we'd be heading in the right direction again. So the song I wanted to ignite in somebody's imagination and thoughts that, you know what, this this could be the spark to kind of make people think, look, I'm not here to lecture anybody. I'm as guilty as everybody else. But maybe me, David Kump needs to use a little less plastic in his life yeah. and discard it and add to the misery of the environment. Uh, maybe I need to use a little less bottled water and always be carrying this plastic around. I mean, there are little things we all can do and just the tiniest change in all of our lives to leave a little less waste and destruction, uh, it it can only help. So can I throw I a question to, out? Go ahead. Oh, go yes, ahead. go ahead. To Annette, because she's so involved in this type of stuff. <laughs> I, mean, I love you, she Dave. Said, her, 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 we got to fight the fight. <laughs> it's her, a revolution. Her house sits on, on important land now. Um. National Park. Annette, do you now, think... was I not at Annette's yes. house, I believe? Yes. yes. I was out there, yes. and we went to that uh, Native American Great Cemetery for the Indians burial ground? Yes. yes. And I, yes, I David, that's that. right. Yes. Yes. But my question but to you is... But I am also a conservationist, and I fight for, oh my goodness, the animals, the plants, the water... You name it, yeah. Is it nope, too I try late? To, I'm, I try to teach my kids at school. 
you know, no plastic, uh, no straw, please. Start small. No straw, please. Try to drink your drink like and a big look, kid. It, <laughs> and, and, and that's that's the greatest thing in the world, that you can get to the young mind and create some kind of habit. And believe me, it is not going to be easy to do because if all the wasteful behavior ended Mm -hmm. tonight, 30 minutes from now, the damage that's been done over the last whatever amount of years. But again, at some point, we have to make a decision to to get to some tipping point where we got to start heading in the other direction. And yet, for the government to... And for the sake of greed, look, I, I keep repeating this, and this is going to be my life's work. The most impressive thing I've learned from Native American life, they were not greedy. Yeah. And greed and this this worship of money and work and consumerism, it, it cannot be sustained, period. And the waste from that is damaging the earth and it's just got to change and sadly changes like that let me say something sadly changes like that happen after the catastrophes happen because everybody's in denial or majority of people are in denial you got a net net types and everything else that aren't but um I see people throw stuff out their windows. I'm oh. And I'll try to catch up on beep, 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 beep on the horn. You know. And Annette knows my voice carries, so they can hear me when I'm um <laughs> scolding on good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, I thought and, we gave yeah. it up in the seventies throwing things out the window. Oh, this, well, and I see sure I see bags of McDonald's thrown out the window, and it's like you gotta be kidding me, people. You know, uh, you know, Annette, Ed, Annette is probably too young to remember this, but you and I, in the seventies, if you remember the campaign, do not litter, and mm-hmm. who were in those commercials? But Native Americans, right? Yeah, with a horse watching all this going on yeah. with a tear in their eye. What a great yeah. campaign that was visually, and I don't know that often, but it stopped. Even Smokey the Bear, hell, basically True. told the fact that we destroy more as humans than what nature has done True. to the land, so um, to the forest, I should say. So, to each other. And it, it's so... Not to beat a dead horse, but yeah, you get the idea of my motivation why I even wrote this song, and I'm I'm just hoping I can. And I got a secret announcement for you, Ed, and I'm gonna need your help. So, if the ghost dance was in the Native American belief system to raise the dead spirits to help them fight against this this overrunning of the earth, then I need your help to at least, there's one spirit I want to contact. And 
It's Ravoka himself, Jack Wilson. The reason he was named Jack Wilson, Ravoka's father died when he was only 14 years old, and he ended up living with David Wilson and his family, who was a rancher, and that's where he got his name, Jack Wilson. Uh, but then by the time he was, I think, 33 years old, he had a very strong vision of how he was to uh, bring this ghost dance to revive the earth and his people and his culture. Uh, so that's kind of his history. But, Ed, you and I need to visit the burial site of Lavoca. It's in Nevada, and also in Nevada, May 6th through 9th, 2020, I think you go with me to the Learning Man Conference in Reno, Nevada, and it's put on by the Burning Man organization, and the idea is to create all of these areas of awareness a few months before the next Burning Man Festival. Now, I want you to think about that because I intend to be there, and I think we need to be at his burial site uh, to kind of complete my whole mission of what I'm trying to do with this song. Annette, have you ever done the Burning Man? I have not, but it looks very interesting. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Um. <laughs> well, it but this is, this is I think what David's talking about is a Native American gathering that happens prior to the Burning Man. Yes. Well, it's mm-hmm. it's not exclusively Native American. However, it's, oh, it okay. is the Burning Man organization. And they're calling it the Learning Man Conference. Learning. I understand. Okay. Yeah, I need to be there, of course, and uh, so do you. (laughs) All right. The invitation is on the floor. So start marking the calendar up for May. Right now. Right. I said what? He's got many months. David wants to go with him in May. If he does not want to go. Then I just have to plan his kidnapping, and I'll bring him out there anyway. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Ed's gonna get kidnapped. <laughs> Sounds like fun. He needs your powers. You gotta go. Yes. There's. He's thinking about uh... now, David. Yeah, I mean, there's See, like it's all the same relative neighborhood. Once you're anywhere near Reno, you're near uh, where not only Waboka was born, but where his burial site is. And <laughs> and then the Burning Man Festival takes place a little north of Reno, and it's all in the same neighborhood. Let's call it. Yeah. Well, you got a. Are you up to visiting? Uh... Old Western ghost towns while we're out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Are you kidding? What we're going to pass pass right by him and say, "Oh look, there's a ghost town." Uh, who cares? 
No, of course. Yeah, the old mine <laughs> town and all that. If it has oh ghosts in the name, you guys are Oh, there. no, no. And that, if it has the West in it, the Western, Wild West in it, I'm gung-ho. I got a whole a whole huge board on Pinterest and nothing but the Wild West and photographs and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm yeah. glad I dropped that little thought for you to think about. Yeah. Oh. Lordy. <laughs> Good. Bring me back some turquoise, boys. <laughs> well, I'm well, sure I'm the plane he has ex- song. Oh my gosh, it's I'm sure the plane awesome. he has extra seats in it, Miss Annette. Um, oh, I'm sure it does. Or... And I hey, I've been out west. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So David, tell me, with your new song, do you hope that it is going to evoke the same mission as the original ghost dance may have. Well, uh, these are the par- yes, these are the parallels I'm trying to draw. I'm trying to get people's attention. Say, look, the, the the Native Americans were so far ahead of us with everything oh. to do with conservation. I mean, if you think about their hunting methods in the buffalo, which was their way of life, they ate mm-hmm. of the buffalo. They they used Every part of that animal to yeah. sustain. They, they built their teepee, their what they wore in the winter to keep them warm. They used the bones for tools mm-hmm. and contrast that to yeah. the government trying to get rid of all the buffalo just to get rid of the neighbor. I mean, it's just it's really sick if you think about it. it. Is. Uh, yeah. The other story I'd love to tell about their conservation and hunting. Look, they, they had a taste for rabbits. And, and I've actually, I had an uncle who was a big hunter. I've had rabbit before. Yeah. But they would hunt rabbits, and they would have a little ritual that they would actually worship the animal for giving its life so they could yeah. eat. Then they would take the little skull and hang it in a tree. And the next, they would take the little skulls, hang it. And at some point, they'd look at that tree and say, stop, stop hunting rabbits here. We must let that regenerate here. Let's go somewhere else and hunt rabbits. They knew this was part of their relationship with nature. And, uh, you know, they moved season to season to other parts of of land that could support the tribe in their mm-hmm. needs. And and the idea was to leave areas that needed to uh have regrowth and and resustain that area before they returned there. Uh and, and it's like a natural doing, migrations, yeah. Of course. And what we're doing now only in the name of for the sake of economy, uh, profits, I keep coming back to the word greed. I can't say it enough. Uh, if if, mm-hmm. if society, if we could rid ourselves from that word, I mean, it's going to be hard. And it's, I'll tell you why it's going to be so hard. This country was founded on greed. Yeah. So, but... You know, everybody, you know, look, I don't care who you are, how important you are. Let's say you're a heart surgeon, right? 
You're pretty important. You're doing great work. You're saving people's lives. But do you know your work means nothing if we don't have an earth? What good is is whatever you do, whatever you contribute, however important you think you are in the world, What, uh, how important is it if we can't breathe or there's no more clean water? I mean, mm-hmm. when are people going to stop what they're doing and at least think about these things? It's almost like you have to take it away from them. Because you know what, 50 years ago, we didn't have as many bad practices as we do today. We were just getting started. But if we took it away, you would just have to survive. And you might see sure. it as survival in the moment, but it would become natural again. I say pull the plug. <laughs> well, and, and, the, and the, the sad thing is, and that's what Volca was trying to instill in all Native Americans. The yeah. ghost dance at least offered them that hope. I mean, we, we we might be too late as it is. There might be no hope, no turning back. But, you know, we've got to start behaving differently just for the sake of hope against all hope that, you know, maybe we can turn this thing around. Okay. Well, yeah, let's be positive and uh, try, just try to keep that sunny side up on the whole thing and reminding people all the time how important it is to make changes. And just, David? Just little changes will, will yeah. go a long way. Yes, teach the children. We are running out of time. Uh, oh, we got to get that David? song. I want to hear that. Yeah. David, say yes. the name of the song. Because I'm thrown off Wavoka. by Wovoka. Wovoka. Ghost, Ghost Dance. And it could be found at store.cdbaby.com. Uh, DLK, the Captains of Liberty. So just type in DLK, the Captains of Liberty. And that's at store.cdbaby.com. Baby.com, or just go to this uh, Blog Talk Radio, the Unexplained World webpage for the show, the page, and there's a direct link right to it. Now, this was done by David and his crew of Merry Men, um, Captains of Liberty. And you want to give them a fast plug who the individuals are in this? Well, yeah, and in, in, in what a honor to be with these people. First of all, Matt Motto, who took me under his wing on the first two songs I kind of wrote and recorded with him. Uh, Matt is an unbelievable musician and studio sound person. He he runs a major uh, sound production studio now. Uh, His band, Disona, uh, is bass player Craig Hamburger, his Oh my gosh, a drummer, Drew Goddard. Drew was with me with the other two songs. And we pulled in William Buckholtz Allison, a, a Native American, he's a Native Canadian. He's an unbelievable flute player, keyboard player, 
and he produces CDs of this music. I was so in awe of this guy's talent. Somehow I talked him into recording with us, and his flute on these songs is just yes, they, remarkable. They do stand out. They do stand out. It does stand out in the song. Okay. And uh, anybody else? David, you want to throw? Well, I just am thrilled that you give me this opportunity to kind of tell you what motivates me and put that song out to your listeners. I, I really appreciate it. Listeners, just go to the site, download it, and uh, it's a very small fee for it. So it sounds like, you know, uh, I think I charge book. I think I charge. Well, I'm trying. Books. I'm trying, trying not to be greedy in every move I make. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> thank you. You sure, sure done it by the price you put on this because that's it's next to nothing. So uh, uh, at least David's practicing what he's preaching. How's that go? And um, David, it was so nice to hear your voice. Well, thank you, Annette. And maybe you're uh, want to start packing your bags for Nevada in a couple months too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds lovely. <laughs> okay. The name of the song is Wavoka Ghost Dance by Mr. David Kump and the Captains of Liberty. David, thank you very much. Listeners, thank, thank you, you because we're going to end the show with the song. Annette, thank you. I will be contacting you uh, very soon, tonight. Okay. Uh, since you're curious on how we started this. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Right. Good night, listeners. Blessed be. David, I'm going to keep you on the, the listen part. Thank you for being on again, sir. And, Thanks, uh, Ed. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night.
fighting gloriously against the taking of our land so greedily to right the wrongs of manifest destiny. Destiny. 